1: Guys, welcome to an all new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, and this is your Thursday episode. I love when I get halfway through the week, I lose complete track of what day it actually is. Yeah, I'm doing this on Wednesday afternoon. So it's okay, it's Thursday. Yeah, this is going to be a real Housewives of Salt Lake City recap from this week's episode when they finally get to Bermuda, Bahama. Come on, pretty mama, Key Lago, Montego, baby. Remember Kokomo by the Beach Boys? Oh, my God, I love that song. Was that in the 90s? Oh, goodness gracious. Great balls of fire. How is everybody doing? Remember, today's Thursday, tomorrow's Friday. It's done. The week is done. And that means, oh, my God, it's Christmas next week. What the hell is going on? Oh, yeah. Hanukkah, by the way, starts today uh so happy hanukkah uh we're starting eight crazy nights tonight but my goodness the holidays are just coming down hard all of a sudden um let's see here we're gonna do the recap i'll talk about a few things before then as i usually do but i'll put a timestamp of when the reunion i mean of when the recap actually starts Uh, i also want to uh give a special thanks to laura beth harp who took the notes on this she's actually still taking notes i'm in a google doc right now and i see her taking notes as i'm talking about this and i want to say a a very special thanks to laura as well because she just recently announced that she is pregnant amazing listen if laura if you're listening if, if it's a boy please consider naming it ryan and if it's a girl please consider naming it mary cosby mary cosby beth harp that would be that would be an amazing name for a girl baby, I think. Right? Remember uh, a, a while back, gosh, it was like a decade or so ago that the mo- one of the most popular boys' names was Jax, and I was like, "What are?" R- Garcelle's from Beverly Hills. Her son's name is Jax, but we also got Jax Taylor. And then, do you remember when the Twilight movies were at like the height of their their popularity, like Edward and Bella? Those were popular baby names, which by the way, if I, uh, no offense to all the people that named their children, Edward and Bella, but if you did do that, I feel like that's a good sign that you might not be ready for, uh, for a child. Listen, it could be worse. You could name your baby Renesme. Renesme was the, uh, the demon seed Babel baby that, uh, Edward and Bella had together. Remember that? I use that image because in the Twilight movie, when they have Renesmee, which by the way, no offense to Stephanie Meyer, the author of those books, but you know, Stephanie, I think what attracted us to the Twilight, I mean, great story, the Twilight books, but also I think what was attractive, it was so easy to read because I think a lot of us wrote similar, similarly when we were in junior high, like it was like my writing style, like in eighth grade. And I think that's why it was like, we are like, oh, man, this is just great. It's like how we would write back then. And I love that she just mashed up two names. It was like Esme and Renee. And she was like, and thinking, instead of thinking of a new name, I'm just going to jam these two names together. Renesme. But also in the movies, you can see this. They didn't use this, but there was originally an animatronic, Renesme, that looked, I mean, I mean just... It 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 looked like a demon. It looked like a... Vi- I'm, in fact, I don't know why they don't make a horror film of just with that Renesme doll, like they did with those that Megan movie last year. I think that would be truly incredible. Um, but uh, yeah, Ren- Renesme. Don't name your child Renesme, because also if you name your child Renesme, you're doing it like ironically, and that's another sign that you're probably not ready to have a child. How the heck is everybody doing out there? We've started the show. Yes. Oh, goodness. What is going on in the world? I did uh, the Jeff Lewis Live wrap-up show today with Justin Martindale. That was a lot of fun. And then in a couple hours, I'm going to the Hollywood House Season 2 premiere over at the Sunset Tower, and I've got to look nice. And I, you guys know I don't like – I've already put on clothes once today, and now I have to put on another set of clothes. And already, that's like two – two changes that I don't usually do. I'm usually in my basketball shorts and whatever ironic t-shirt that I can get my hands on, which is just like the first t-shirt, whatever is that first t-shirt in my t-shirt, uh, area. That's the first one I throw on. It could be anything, but that is what I throw on. There's really not a lot of thought. So when I have to think about what I'm wearing to go out in the real world, I, it just like smoke comes out of my ears. I, I get so, I'm just like, oh, uh, humans aren't meant to go and be around other people in public. Are you kidding me? No, but I'm, I'm excited to go to this thing. See, see it. And, and uh, you, you never know it, 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 it'll be, it'll be exciting. It'll be very exciting. Also before we start, I wanted to give, um, gosh, that sounds weird. I wanted to give a little bit of a eulogy to somebody, you know, with these shows, right? With this show or any show that you listen to, you kind of you kind of get to know them, or you 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 allow. I know a lot of people have allowed me into their homes without even knowing it, just by listening to them listening to them on the radio, or watching their show, or reading their book, or whatnot. And uh, I've heard some people say that about me, and I think that's uh, you know with my whole mom situation, I had so many people reach out and just sent such touching messages about her and my family. And it was so wild, especially Bravo because I, 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 you know, I was like, felt so bad because I didn't know them. I was like, Oh, I, I'm so sorry. I don't know anything about your personal life yet. And, um, but it, w- it was really, really incredible. Uh, but as you know, if you listen to the show, my first talk radio show that I fell in love with was the Howard Stern show. And I think I started listening to that when I was in high school in, uh, in Arizona, and it was one of those things, I think it was like the first week it came to Arizona when, you know, they would go into different markets. And I remember, you know, I remember hearing about Howard Cern, or I would see, I think, his e-talk show at the time. And I was so excited to finally listen to it and see what it was all about. And I kind of instantly fell in love um, with the show, but also the format of the show of... You know the interviews. You know, fine the sex stuff, whatever. Uh, but it was the stuff between him and his crew, his crew of people like Gary, Bababui, Delabate, Fred, Robin, that whole cast of characters. But they became uh, like family in a way. I remember uh, going for one summer and, and living in Chicago where I was teaching uh, for a summer, and it was the most one of the most miserable summers I'd ever had in college. I was so uh, homesick and lonely and I didn't have a pot to piss in. And, you know, I was staying with my buddy, Dusty, and he didn't even have cable. So you would watch whatever it was like. It was a treat if you got, you know, if you were there when Jerry Springer was on. But I would wake up early. I think it was like 6 a.m., just so i could listen to howard stern or like actually sleep like i would you know and it would relax me and i would listen and it was like being around friends and family because i wasn't around a lot of those kind of people when i lived in chicago but i have been listening uh since then I, gosh what is that now 20 year 20 plus years and uh, i don't get to listen Nearly as much anymore because my life is just different. But I still uh, I, I pay for Sirius every month. I like that when I'm on road trips or you know traveling back and forth from Arizona, I will always you know make sure I'm listening to one of his shows on top of audiobooks and all of that stuff. And it's just like riding a bicycle. It's, it feels like home every time I turn on that show. And I've always loved to see how Howard's grown over the years um, in his personal life, but also just as an interviewer. Um, but today we, we got the news or I, last night I was trying to fall asleep. And by that, I mean, scrolling endlessly on my phone. Um, and I saw that John Stamos had posted that we had lost Ralph Sorella today and Ralph Sorella. You know, that name, I was like, oh my God, Ralph. Because Ralph was one of Howard's really good friends who also dressed Howard. And he had various jobs in the Stern Show universe. He did a lot of Howard's makeup, his special effects makeup when they did the Channel 9 show. And he was just, and I want to say like he was a D bag, but in the best way possible, because he would tell you his honest opinions. He was a geek. He loved comic books, superhero stuff, all of this stuff. And also, it was great because Howard was like kind of this rich, successful dude, and everybody'd be like, why is he hanging out with Ralph? What a, you know, oh my God. But Ralph, it was one of those, you would, you loved it though, because Ralph would always get into some sort of trouble and then you'd hear about it on the show and it, you just loved, I loved it. Uh, Ralph was a great caller into the show all of the time. And I know a lot of you guys probably don't listen, so have no idea what I'm talking about. So the only way I can relate it to you guys is maybe listening to this show or any of the other shows like Danny or Watch What Crapins or any of that, you know, any of the periphery characters on any of these shows. You, you really, there's something so amazing about it. There's something, and, and it's, it's, uh, I read this last night around midnight and it just, uh, it broke my heart. It was, uh, I guess he had been ill for a while, but the illness that he had, I think he had a rare form of lymphoma, but it was treatable. Howard said in the, uh, his episode today, which I actually started to listen to and I need to finish it, but it was actually kind of painful to listen to. Cause I was like, Ooh, this is so sad. But it was a rare form of lymphoma. But he, you know, Howard said in the episode, he's like, you know, I have for years said, let Ralph, you need to take better care of yourself. And he was one of those guys like a lot of us that just didn't even bother to get health insurance because, you know, that's a whole nother podcast about health insurance and health care in this country. But he finally did it. But I guess, you know, they were doing a procedure for this and supposedly routine and his heart uh, gave out in in the middle of this procedure and he didn't make it. So this was a shock to a lot of I mean, to all of his friends and family. And I was shocked to hear it. And it's one of those things with any death, whether it's my mom or uh, a pop culture figure that that I that I dearly love. You know, it's one of those things that kind of makes you take stock of your own life where you're at and realizing we're all getting older and trying to find some sort of good in something so random and illogical, which I think so much about life right now, it is so random and illogical. And you kind of fight for those little things. You fight for those little things to hang on to because that's all we have are the little things to hang on to. And that, that can be your family. That can be your friends. That can be a a show, a, a song, anything that, um, anything that can help you get through, the day. And I know this sounds a little doomsday and I know I can be a acerbic and a little negative. And I've always said I'm a little glass half empty, but it's one of those things because it's hard each day. You know, it can, it just, there are so many things thrown at you. I mean, listen, like I said, I have to change into a new set of clothes later. That's hard. Are you kidding me? But I, uh, I just wanted to, to mark this occasion and say, uh, you know, rest in peace, Ralph Sorella. Uh, so many laughs, uh on the stern show i got to meet ralph once at comic con because i watched uh them record an after show and a geek time episode that he did and i got to meet sal and richard from the show and gary baba Bowie and ralph and and it was just one of those things you felt like you were part of a club i think that's the cool thing like a lot of stern listeners you feel like you're part of some special club but at the same time that's like us right i don't even mean with this show but in, in loving these shows you know I was watching this cult documentary called the garden last night, a docu series on HBO max, not as good as the love has one three part docu series about mother God, the, the lady who drank colloidal silver and turned herself blue and then died. And then her followers mummified her and kept her at the house for a little bit. That's a whole, you know, not as good, but the, the garden, I do recommend. And, uh, I was, you know, I, listen, uh, we're a little bit of a cult, right? And like I said, not this podcast, let's not put that out there, but just all of us that love these shows so passionately that we love pop culture, that we want to kind of dissect and go behind the curtain and have hours of endless conversation about that. And I think that is worthy. And that is something that we can uh, plant our flag into and lay claim to and, 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 and kind of build a life around. So anyways, uh, Ralph Cirilla, we salute you. We speak your name. Hey, now, and bye for now. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quinc slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad.
0: When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant focused diet. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem. With more meat, that's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com.
1: Okay, hey, wacky, wacky, goofy, goofy. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City season four episode 13 this one is called "Drumroll, roll zzz, horrible drum roll bermuda views and bathtub views now this is nice you got the rhyme you got the well not the rhyme you got the double use of views and bermuda and bathtub and that means if i was a betting man that we are finally in bermuda for our cast trip and then something to do with bathtub and as we find out throughout the course of this episode meredith Marks loves a fucking bathtub this lady this lady needs to live in a bathtub. She only survives and does well if she has access, close access to a bathtub. If if I was a producer on this show, I would wheel Meredith Marks out in a bathtub at the reunion. And I would let her actually do the entire reunion from the bathtub. I will say though, for somebody that kind of slurs and is as "quote unquote" relaxed as Meredith Marks can come off. Sometimes I wouldn't want to put her in a bathtub. I feel I feel scared that she felt as bad as she did on this Bermuda trip, and she's like, "Where's my bath? I need to be in a bathtub right now." No, you do not need to be in a body of water, in a closed off body of water, without anybody around you. Hell to the no! You stay in bed, and you will get a stand up shower. Period, Meredith Marks. I was sincerely worried about Meredith. And you know, like I went through so many scenarios in my head of like, what's wrong with her? Does she have the coronavirus? What do I mean? Like what, how, why, what was sick? They said she's dehydrated, but what happened? Also, they said that Heather Gay gave her a sleeping pill, but then she accidentally took two of those sleeping pills. How does that happen? And eventually, you're able to shake that off. You're you're drowsy, but it doesn't throw usually your body into some like kind of flu like symptoms. And I would I just thought, wow, like what what is really going on? And you know what? I'm kind of ultra paranoid now after that uh, conversation with Mike the Situation Sorrentino from Jersey Shore that I did this week because. Part of that book, like a big majority of that book is talking about, and I'm not saying this about Meredith, but I'm talking about the reality behind the reality that I kind of talk about that concept a lot of, we see the reality presented forth by these producers and by these cast members, you know, you know, Meredith has been there for four seasons and uh, she, you know, she knows the ropes, but then reading this book, it was fascinating to hear about Mike talk about what was actually going on that he was actually dealing with an intense, intense benzo addiction. You know, he was, he was, you know, opioids and all, I mean, and, and he was, he had to get medicine. He had to get these pills or he would start detoxing and he would get insanely sick. And so it was like this cat and mouse game of how to sneak in, you know, his pills into the Jersey shore house or overseas for his club tours. And that was like, I mean, he went to great lengths to find ways to hide this stuff. Now I'm not saying that I want to make a, I'm not saying that about Meredith, but I do wonder because we have now, you know, wildly vacillate with Mer- Meredith's character. We had the Palm Springs episode of like, you know, fuck with me. You can leave! Like, we had that, Meredith. But then we have, like, really put together Meredith of, like, I'm a lawyer. And I can do anything. I can podcast. I can do all. I, I have Meredith Mark Schulte. I'm very with it. I'm a lawyer. I'm a former lawyer. And I know exactly what's going on. But, like, that that it it... It's just interesting. And I I love that because as a character, we are all different shades, right? So Meredith is all the colors of the rainbow, just like Monica Garcia. I think Meredith gives us so much. But I do worry about her because I sometimes think she exhibits behavior that I truly wonder. I wonder how Meredith really is as a person. I don't know her. I just know what I see on the television screen and how other people talk about her. But the funny thing is, too, I was I was doing a cameo for uh, uh, Christina Bienton today and I was saying, oh, what what are you watching this week? And I was talking about the shows on the cameo. And then I just think it's very interesting sometimes with the Housewives show in particular, especially uh, Salt Lake and Beverly Hills, is that the whole thing is based around a group of women, a group of successful women. All walks of life that, that come together in the, you know, in a sisterhood of kinship and friendship. And, but in the reality of it, it's not, you know, it's like, you know, at one point Meredith can't come to the, the function or one of the functions, like the day drinks on the beach. And Lisa's like, Meredith can't come. And nobody even reacts. was like Nobody's like, no. They're just like, okay, let's have a dark and stormy. Hit me with the rum. It, like, nobody cares. Or even in Beverly Hills, like, Kyle obviously is going through something really intense. And Sutton's like, have you pet my horse, Santos? Why are you not making more noise about my new horse? I say, I, say, I almost had to go to London. I got paid more from my ex. <laughs> Which I understand why that would actually bother Sutton but it is interesting because these aren't, these are show friends. It, it's like they, they that that term showmance, you know, a romance just for the show. I feel like these are show friends. I think some of them through the course of the, the, the seasons have become really tight. And of course, you know, old school housewives like Roni, you know, there was real friendships that started that show. But I think sometimes these friendships build, but also the The iteration of and the concept of Housewives in general has changed so much since when it began 18 years ago that it's a whole different ballgame. Like these aren't these aren't real friendships to hang your hat on. I think through the course of filming, they do become real friendships. And I think certain ones are more meaningful than others. But at the same time, what I find fascinating as I watch these shows religiously is how much they try to act like friends, but they really aren't. And, you know, sometimes that's like the stakes don't really matter. So, you know, or people will hang on to an issue like Whitney is with Lisa in this episode of like, I don't think you understand you weren't there for me. Um, last week. And it's like, yeah, Whitney, we've heard it now 30 times. Like it, like I'm like, are we trying to fill time here? Like we heard it. I agree with it. Why do you keep pressing this issue? Because Lisa's already reacted to it. I don't know what you're expecting from Lisa Barlow at this point, because she's not going to give it to you. And if you're looking for a real friendship and I hate to use Lisa as an example, because I really, really like Lisa. What? I mean, you didn't grow up together, you and Lisa, you know, like Lisa is a show friend. And I think I, I think that that Whitney knows that. But I also think you've got 44 minutes of time to fill each week. And of course, they film a lot that they don't use. And this is what the producers deem worthy in line with the storylines. So that's what I think as I go through and watch these shows. I'm always like, okay, but you got to remember they're filming a show. I try to remember all of these things. And then sometimes I'm just truly swept up in the story, just like with Vanderpump Rules and Ariana Maddox announced today that she is going to be taking on the iconic role of Roxy Hart in Chicago on Broadway in January. And I think I would, or is it February? It's one of those months. And I was, I was saying this yesterday, I think on the show, I think I was saying it yesterday on the show is like, where do we go from here in terms of Vanderpump and just terms of time off and also just starting the whole machinery of a new season, which we are with Vanderpump rules season 11 is it must just be exhausting for all of them. And especially Ariana just coming off of dancing with the stars. And uh, now we know that it's kind of like, she's going to be doing this Broadway show as season 11 is airing. And I'm kind of really psyched about that because I think that challenge of putting yourself in a Broadway show Is perfect because it'll help kind of pull you away from the negativity that, no matter what season of what reality show it is, usually goes into. You have to answer for a bunch of bullshit that you did each week, and I think it's cool that she just keeps pushing forward with something new. I think that's totally what the doctor has ordered. And also, I read some comments today. I mean, I I'm so sorry. I tried it, but like some of you guys are fucking dolts. I really, I really, really, honestly, I read something and Facebook. God. It's like, I, I'll just like read on Facebook and it's like, I, I, it turns my beard even more white than it actually is. Some people are like, Oh, Oh, what does she even do to do Broadway? Oh. And it's like half the people writing. I'm like, do you even enjoy Broadway? Do you know what the fuck Broadway is? Of course they're going to stunt cast. And Ariana is better stunt casting than most, any other stunt casting that I've seen. Ariana hands down has more talent than Erica Jane. Are you kidding me? Ariana can dance her ass off. She has an amazing singing voice and she's a good actor. We just haven't seen all of that stuff because Vanderpump Rules is not a show about theater kids, (laughs) you know? So I'm like, what do you think Broadway is? Like, it's not all Juilliard trained actor actors. You need actually people to get you in the seats. You need to do stunt casting, especially for the show like Chicago that lives and breathes on stunt casting. I mean, they will take anybody and put them in that show if you have a good following, you do have to have a baseline of talent. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of housewives that have already done in Chicago, like Erica Jane, like Lisa Rinna. I mean, at this point, Ariana is going to be probably my favorite person ever to do this part. So congratulations to Ariana Maddox. I think that is truly amazing. So this episode entitled Bermuda Views and Bathtub Views, this is the description that Peacock gives us. Whitney and Lisa avoid each other until Heather's comments send dinner into chaos. We got to talk about this Heather Gay later, you guys. Whoa. After, not getting a room, this is the, after not getting a room with a bathtub, Meredith goes from a little under the weather to severely ill, but recovers in time to hold the ladies accountable. So it's a triumphant story. It's like she's down for the count, but she pulls herself together to hold these ladies accountable. And also, what doctor have you gone to that's like, Well, we're going to need you to take two of these and a nice long bath. A nice long bubble bath where you potentially stick one of your toes up Seth Mark's butthole. Hey, it's me, Seth. Uh, I heard you mention me. You know me and my lady, we like to podcast from the bathtub. Sometimes I'll have her put five of her toes right up the old poop chute, right? (laughs) Uh, Hear more about it on Hanging by a Thread, bathtub edition. I'm Seth. Okay, so we start this episode like we do always previously on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and we see a collection of scenes over this season. Heather announcing the Bermuda trip to the ladies at the Pioneer Lunch, where she has the little bonnet on. She's like, we're going to Bermuda! And then Monica telling the ladies, like, my family is from Bermuda, and I have family living there now as well. And Monica's like, cheers to Bermuda, bitches. And then we have the scene of Lisa and Monica making up at Meredith Marks jewelry event, uh, You know, where Monica's like, listen, that's not a good representation of how I am. I want to make it. And Lisa's like, yes, whatever you say. And then in that same episode, at the end of it, Whitney confronts Lisa about he- giving Heather a gift in front of her when she is grieving the loss of her best friend. And uh Whitney and that so Whitney and Lisa fight at the end of last week's episode where Lisa rips off her Mike pack a real big so bad it's good no no we do not rip Mike packs off and then we have the scene uh, uh, Monica telling Heather that Lisa and Whitney just stormed out and then we see Whitney telling Lisa everything's always about you I just needed you to be there from me. And then they, you know, walk away from each other. So very tension in this to be continued episode. Well, we continue it right now because we open as we always do. Choral music. Oh, 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 oh. And I like it because it's in the synthesizer. And sometimes, depending on it, like it'd be a little calypso beat, like ding, 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 Oh, ding, 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 ding. Oh, oh. And we see the beautiful Salt Lake City landscape. We head over to Heather Gay's house where she is packing her suitcase for this Bermuda trip. She FaceTimes Monica. Monica's daughter answers the phone. And uh, also, I like the music in the opening of Salt Lake City because it's always light and bubbly at first with the choral music. Ha, 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 ha. And it's usually during the day. And it looks so beautiful. But it gives no signal of the dark and seediness that we know is going on within those streets of Salt Lake City. The mean, dirty streets. We started, it just looks like, you know, it's just really bright and bubbly, but we know how dirty Salt Lake City can be. Um, Monica's daughter answers the phone. Heather, by the way, we get a shot of her suitcase. It looks like a lot of swimsuits. We see some Versace labels and Heather's like, hi. And Monica's like, she was like, I want to answer it about her daughter. And I'm like, yeah, get the kids started young. Get, Get them into show business. Get them to answer phones at least. Heather goes, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And Monica's like, I'm bleaching my mustache and trying to help my eyes, girl. And we see now Monica holding the phone and she does. She has gold eye patches under her eyes and white bleach cream on her upper lip. And this is the white bleach cream looks like she has like a full Fu Manchu. Potentially, there's like a whole Ben Affleck um, kind of Shakespeare in love in the, the shape of this face cream. It, it, it a little reminiscent also of Mrs. Doubtfire with the pie. Whoo! You know, there's just a lot going on. And I just want to salute Monica Garcia for the bravery in which it took to show us the real Monica. So Monica's like, I'm getting ready for Bermuda, Heather. Look, Kindle's helping me. And we see Kindle 5 going through Monica's clothes and wearing her high heels. Some pocketing, probably some jewelry. And Heather goes, well, they seem like they're wonderful helpers. Next scene, we arrive at Meredith Mark's house. And she is packing too, everybody. And Brooks is there, just laying like a bump on the log on a bed. He has this ice roller thing on his face, just rolling his face. And he's just looking at his phone, just in in a Brooks Mark's dreamland, probably thinking of new sweatsuit ideas. And the sound of the ice roller is just like creaking. It's like, creak. Creak. it's kind of like the sound of when I make love. Creak, creak. And Meredith goes, "Will you check, Brooks? Will you check the weather in Bermuda, please? I know daytime will be warm, but what's nighttime like?" And Brooks is just still laying there, and she's like, Go- "Google it. Let's see." Uh, Brooks fully ignoring Meredith, just continuing to roll out that beautiful face. And then Meredith clocks this, and she's like, "Oh." Okay. And she shrugs next scene. We're over at, uh, Angie K is packing. We see a suitcase of just windshield wiper sunglasses, just a huge sunglass collection in her closet. And she puts a purse on her dog's paw. The dog actually looks like an X-Men superhero as well. You know, died for everywhere. Angie K, this is, this is my big surprise of the episode. Angie K has an assistant. Angie K's assistant, Brittany comes in with Angie's suitcase. And, um, I listen, I actually, uh, we're all coming around to Angie, right? Angie's finally earned her spot. She doesn't need to be as desperate as she was in the beginning of this season. But I do call me color me confused. Why does Angie K have an assistant? Like, is it is the housewife fan mail even, you know, like, is it is it overwhelming? Like, could could we get a little bit more of a fill in thing on why the assistant at this point? Because she, I mean, you know what? It's not like I mean, trying to think of the most popular housewife ever. Like, what is the assistant necessarily for? I know Sean runs that whole business on the other side. Can we get a little bit more fill in on, on, on the assistant? Because the assistant seems like uh, helping helping Angie K. Pack. Like, is this one of those in vogue things with housewives or newer housewives or even people in Salt Lake City where they feel they need it is the coolest thing in the world to have an assistant. Also this episode does this amazing thing where it pretends Mary Cosby doesn't exist. Like it just Mary Cosby does not exist in this episode. We don't even get a mention of her. We don't get, she was invited, but she didn't want to come. And we found out on Kathy Hilton's red carpet at her holiday event last week, that Mary Cosby was not even invited to the Bermuda trip. Maybe they just assumed that Mary Mary's energy would already be in the Bermuda triangle. Um, Angie K like, okay, I'm just going to need your opinion since Sean's not here. He's in the mean streets of Salt Lake doing whatever Sean does. And Angie K holds up a bikini with, get this, folks. I, it's a Greek flag. Yeah. Color me shocked. Angie K goes, okay, what do you think? And Brittany's like, love it. And Angie's like, is this too loud and proud? And Brittany's like, no, it's amazing. So this is an assistant that agrees with everything Angie K says. So that is what we call job security. Now we jet on over to Whitney's house where she is also packing we see her throw an unopened copy of heather's book uh it's called uh bad jehovah's witness in the suitcase but no it, lo- it looks like this book has not been cracked at all so perfect time to dig into this on a trip with heather and when he goes hey justin is my orange two-piece like the really bright bright orange two-piece in there and justin's like this one and he carries it to her like justin must have known i mean he's like i know exactly where that two-piece is is in my hope chest. And when he's like, yes, perfect. I just have not had the energy to shop for this. And Justin's like, uh, babe, are you going to be okay? Is this a trip you want to be on? Um, Yeah. I mean, I was excited to finally go out of the country with my friends, but it's just hard because I'm just irritated with like Lisa, because at Meredith, it's like I'm mourning the loss of my best friend. And so for Lisa to just like blow me off and like gift Heather in front of me, Then look at me as like an afterthought. I was really mad because I feel like I'm always there for Lisa in her moments. Whitney, like I said, Whitney loves not letting things go. Whitney, like if you see a dead horse, she is going to beat that thing. And like I said, Whitney does have a leg to stand on here. But first off, don't expect too much from Lisa with the relationship you have had on this show thus far. And- we got it. We, we've heard it. We know exactly what you're talking about already. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. and justin's like yeah i'm sorry babe half-hearted that's such a guy thing of like yep, you're right like i would love to quiz justin on exactly what whitney said hey justin uh what did she just say right there uh orange the orange two-piece yep you got it justin and now we're in a new scene we see the ladies arriving at the the utah salt lake city airport it is 6 a.m folks And we see Meredith, Meredith is standing up. She is not, you know, she's giving out Whitney Meredith Marks cookies. I didn't know, I knew Meredith Marks now has a caviar line, but I didn't realize she's also part of the Girl Scouts of America, Meredith Marks edition. She's handing out branded cookies to Whitney. We see Lisa and Angie K greet each other. Uh, Meredith, by the way, I saw her roll her own luggage. And that's, by the way, Angie K as an assistant, if Angie K as an assistant, Meredith should have two assistants. Um, Whitney in a confessional goes, I have not talked to Lisa since Meredith's event, nor do I want to. I'm just going to take my sleeping pill and fall asleep on this plane to Bermuda. Now, Monica Garcia arrives and joins Meredith and Whitney. And Whitney's like, let's go to the lounge and get some food and drinks. Everyone, there is this pandemic that must have just happened in Salt Lake City during the filming of this season because it started small. If you guys noticed, Angie K was the only one wearing full on fucking windshield glasses. And now we see inside this airport, everybody is wearing the biggest sunglasses known to man. Like what fucking happened that this thing is spreading like wildfire. Can we go back to tiny glasses for the love of God? We go over to Lisa and Angie K and Lisa's like, what's on your forehead? Because there's like three jewels. She looks like one of the avatar creatures, but like not as blue. She's like the three like little jewel bedazzled jewel things on her forehead. And Angie Kay's like, it's a zit. So I put one of these little patches on it. And then I was like, I can't be traveling with this. So I put I put all of this on it, but it was like, not, not even then. So then I had to just put three on it. I love somebody that has a problem and then they just add to it. They're like, one's not enough gotta gotta now my my forehead is like an IMAX screen or it's like the reflective part of your bumper like why (laughs) you know it's like it looked it looked weird with just the one for my zit so now i've bedazzled my entire forehead what and lisa lisa you know would almost you would think a normal person concerned for their friend lisa goes oh my gosh love it and angie's like does it look even (laughs) i'm checking in your sunglasses Looking even is not going to be your problem here, Angie K. And Lisa's like, it looks amazing. And Angie K goes, it'll be gone by the time we land. Why? What? I mean, do you, do you sleep rough on a plane? Why are, you, why are the bedazzled things that you've glued to your forehead, why will they come off? Is there something with air pressure that I don't know when you bedazzle your forehead, it's going to pop off mid-flight? We see a montage of the ladies going down the escalator, boarding their flight. Heather yells, Bermuda, baby! Whitney in a confessional goes, I've never been to Bermuda. To be honest, the only things I've heard about Bermuda are kind of scary. And Heather in a confessional is like, pirate ship, sunken treasure. I bet we find Lisa's ring. Womp womp. I found some of Heather's confessional lines this episode a little uh written, if that makes sense. They were like little like hard jokes. And I think Heather is funny, but sometimes I just like her naturally funny. And she did a lot of like hard, like almost written jokes, or they felt written to me. Meredith in a confessional goes, she goes, Why do I have this horrible looming feeling that I will never be seen again? <laughs> you imagine could you imagine if next season of salt lake is the search for meredith Marks? like you know we like we lost her in an airplane over bermuda i was staring at um ngk's forehead jewelry and then all of a sudden she was gone <laughs> she, she meredith just disappears the search <laughs> you know we do a telethon with bravo of like if you've seen this woman slurring please call us right here um heather goes Okay, so we see the plane take off, and we arrive in sunny Bermuda. Bam. Easy. Heather's like, we landed in Bermuda, and I'm so excited. So is Meredith. And we see Meredith with an eye mask on completely passed out on the plane. I mean, just out, And not just like passed out, like, you know, she's like slumped over, like j- truly like a, a life, a lifeless body. Like I was talking about that documentary with the, the, the cult where the mother God character died. And then they kind of mummified her and just kept her in the house and like strung a bunch of Christmas lights around her. That's the vibe I get watching Meredith Marks in this episode. It was like, is she with us any longer? Now the ladies get in the sprinter van. So they are, that's, you know, there are sprinter vans in Bermuda, which immediately comforted me. They pop champagne and Heather Gay, you can tell is just checking out the sprinter van going like, yeah, this will be a good place for me to uh, puke and piss myself at some point this trip. And Meredith goes, "Um, excuse me, is there any way we can make the temperature a little bit warmer? And everybody's like, no, 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 Jonathan, I guess this driver of the sprinter van, his name is Jonathan uh heather's like do not listen to meredith she's not in charge of this trip uh monica and i are so here we go cheers to warm weather and warm bones bermuda baby and they all cheers and the van heads off to the villa and lisa's like it's absolutely beautiful here literally this is so pretty meredith to heather goes you screwed up my temperature they didn't turn it up, and Heather's like Meredith. We're on an island. We're in we we're in full clothing. If you need a blanket or a coat, you know I will warm up your legs. At this point, we we cut to Meredith. She's now strapped to the roof of the Sprinter van, just basking in. No, she's they just ignore her. And Monica goes, uh, "Do you want to use your blanket?" And Heather goes, "We'll get a space heater in her room, okay?" And Monica's like, "You know what? That's what we needed—a blanket for our friend." Drink your coffee, my love. Yeah, you know, you're just uh, coming down off the benzos. This is what happened when I give you a Xanax before a flight. So Heather Gay says that, actually. This is what happens when I give you a Xanax before a flight. And I'm like, I can't... You know that lines in shows where you're like, I can't tell if they're joking or if this is real? Like, did she take... Did she take a sleeping pill? Did Heather give her an actual Xanax? Does Meredith have her own pill supply? Did Meredith not bring a pill supplies? I mean, we even said the word benzos here. Like, is this a, are they, are they winking? Or is this like actually what we're talking about right here? I'm so confused. Whitney in a confessional is like, I don't know if it's the sleep aids. She didn't, she, she took on the first flight or all of the cocktails she drank on the first flight. We all took the same sleeping pill and we get a flashback to seven hours earlier. We see them boarding their connecting flight and Meredith is literally asleep once again on a bench. They just fully, fully weekends at Bernie, like fully a dead body that they're hiding just under a blanket with a Meredith mask, a Meredith Marks eye mask on. Whitney in a confessional continues, but then Meredith took it twice on an accident and Whitney does the air quotes with her fingers. I'm Whitney doing air quotes around on accident like so she is like they're they're kind of like doing the nudge nudge wink wink that like is there a pill issue here is that uh, i'm really confused and i know that's like you don't want to throw that out there at all but what is what what is it what a character heather goes did you notice like the fluorescent orange when we started to approach the island did you see that in the water they're talking about the beautiful bermuda you know Area and angie's like no and heather goes she says it's the coral reef and angie's like oh and then lisa's like isn't that why the pink and pinks and beaches are by the way they are the organisms are like and heather's like jonathan who the driver is why are the sands pink and jonathan's like well we have these fish called parrotfish and they eat some of the algae and they eat some of the rock as well and when they pass it through they pretty much shit out the pink i mean excuse me I mean Bermuda tourism is going down at least 80% after I heard this fact. Like wait, what? They eat the rock algae and then these they fucking shit it out and then it that's what makes the beautiful beaches and that's you know they always say well, like a, a one man's garbage is another man's treasure but at the same time I don't sw- I don't want to swim in beautiful pink water that is just people that can't process fucking rocks and they piss they, they poop out pink. Like I don't care if it's a pretty color, it's still pooping out pink. Like, you know, listen, if my stool is a certain color, I'm not like taking pictures for people to look at it. Like, look at all the colors. Oh my God, it's glorious. No. And also if I do do that, I'm not like, oh, I wish I could swim in this. Oh my God. Can we get a picture? Oh, my friends are going to be so jealous. They're going to think I'm on a sandals vacation of some sort. I really legitimately was grossed out because it just goes to show, you know, like every... (laughs) Everything is shit. That's what. It, that's the whole thing. Is just remember at the end of the day, if you think something's beautiful, it's shit. That's what it is, folks. It is shit. Who I am on fire today. Lisa's. A, oh my gosh! Now we see another shot of Meredith, who looks like et at the movie of et when et's all sickly and elliot like elliot remember that i can't believe i'm now probably the only podcaster dropping an et reference this week but et's all like bundled up in a blanket because he's like dying because he's like connected to elliot like you know you know what i'm saying (laughs) the movie et but meredith reminds me of et in this she's like all huddled in a blanket of like meredith phone home meredith don't feel good And Heather's like, can someone help Obi-Wan Kenobi over here? Because I can't. And Meredith goes, I think I'm getting sick. I'm so cold. Are, Are you at all cold? And Lisa's like, not like this. And Monica's like, no, no. And Heather goes, you guys, it's weekend at Bernie's for Meredith. Now listen, I am teasing Meredith as well, but she's not right next to me on a sprinter van. I, you know, if I was if I was Meredith and I'm hearing Heather, you know, Heather drop a weekend at Bernie's joke around me, I'd be like, "Shut the fuck up! Don't I don't even like your book. Are you kidding me?" The ladies arrive at the villa and they all cheer because it looks awesome. You know, because some of these, you remember, like housewives' vacations. Some of them, they'll get the shit under the stick. They'll be like, "Womp womp," and it's just nothing. But this looks like a really, really nice, huge kind of mansion tight villa and lisa's like heather you did so well and we've talked about this too is that you know heather wasn't going on and like going to vrbo and like airbnb and trying to find the best place ever i want to know what like did the producer send heather like a list of options and she just has to like kind of like scroll through and go that looks good or is heather involved at all i mean any of the housewives are they ever involved and to what extent and Angie K goes, look at this. They have little cocktails waiting. The ladies get off the van. They're greeted with dark and stormy cocktails, the drink of Bermuda, the rum drink. I was shocked that Lisa wasn't like, I, I was waiting of like, oh my God, it's rum. We should have Vita tequila here. Why is it not in Bermuda? She, like, I gave Lisa credit this episode. She did not bring up Vita tequila once. Um, They have beautiful view of the ocean. They go into the house, they get a tour. Um, And Monica in a confessional was like, It's like an actual fucking mansion. Like it could fit like 700 of my houses. And then they do a little graphic of that. They take the mansion and then they do this little graphic of Monica's place. And they're like, and so like they fill that up with like 700 monica's tiny houses um i will say though sometimes like this one was cute but i think lately especially on real housewives of potomac this past week past week's episode with the pies and the superimposing of the faces of the cast members i think sometimes you can depend on that kind of joke a little bit too much and i think it needs to be used sparingly i believe in season eight of vanderpump rules when they did the um the Sheena video game of where she lived in Marina Del Rey, remember that? And I was like, oh, you guys, you don't need to do this. Remember? It was like, here's how to get to Marina Del Rey. And they did it like a video game. And I was like, what are we doing? Like who are who are we appealing to? Like what is it? Is this for like an eight-year-old Xboxer? Like this episode's gonna appeal to them? Anyways, the ladies see all the rooms and this is like a fun part of any house. It's very reminiscent of the ones that I really loved was like the first day in the real world house where they would pick bedrooms and then the housewives, you know, they had their own version of that and especially on trips picking their own rooms. So the ladies run around like it's Christmas day, you know, they they see the room that they want to claim and Heather goes, every single room is special. So go and claim your room and Meredith in the confessional goes, racing to pick rooms seriously i'm bundled up and a mess just give me a room with a bathtub and then they can go play with their little games we see a breakdown of all the rooms the ladies have chosen monica she has ac in her room ocean view bathtub heather ac in her room ocean view bathtub lisa ac in her room ocean view bathtub meredith ac ocean view shower loser, no bathtub for Meredith, even though that is the one thing she wanted. Now I'm so confused about communication just in general, in real life, but on these shows, Meredith, it's great that you said in the talking head, but when you were in the car, you should say, ladies, no matter what happens, I'm literally near death. I need a fucking bathtub. So just make sure I get a bathtub. You can leave. Like, make sure, use your last gasps of breath to let us know that you need a bathtub. If you don't, that's on you.
0: This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver,
1: Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill.
0: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline.
1: So uh, Meredith doesn't get a tub. No one offers the tub. Meredith is tub less. So the ladies all now come down for lunch and Heather's like, oh my God, this looks delicious. They're all still wearing these gigantic visors called sunglasses over. Do you like, do you, I, you know, I sometimes we get weirded out with people who wear sunglasses indoors. It's like, you're not Jack Nicholson. Come on. Meredith goes, uh, I, um, I think I'm going to go lay down. I'm not feeling well. Oh, really? I mean, every, you look normal. Winnie's like, which room are you in Meredith? So we can check on you. And Meredith's like, I don't know. Whichever room was left without a bathtub and Meredith walks away and Lisa's like okay and Angie K goes all righty then well I'm going to get some of these potatoes funeral potatoes um you know I love that Angie K Angie K could have took this as an opportunity to try to mend some sort of fence with Meredith and she chooses not to and I feel like that could have been a nice move for Angie to do and keep that in her back pocket but she refuses to do that and Meredith I think Meredith has a little bit of a Kathy Hilton vibe, like don't mess. Don't fuck with me. There's a little bit of that Kathy Hilton energy with Meredith. I don't know what she's capable of. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, just just the way she'll look at certain scenes and she'll bug one of her eyes out. And I just I would not mess with Meredith Marks. I say that as a compliment. Heather in a confessional goes, "The trip is ruined." Meredith Marks doesn't have a bathtub, so we might as well go home now. Pack your bags, kids. Let's go. Pack it up. Trip's over. We come back from commercial break, and this is where they have Caribbean music of like under the sea, but they have the choir voices of like ha ha, ha with a calypso of like under the sea ha 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 ha. ha, ha. It's very refreshing whitney's like i'm gonna go down by the pool and angie's like i'll be down by the pool with you in a minute and monica's like maybe i should make meredith like a little plate so monica really trying to make sure this relationship with meredith stays strong heather and lisa though they walk out on the balcony together and heather's like where do you want to sit and Lisa's like let's just sit right here and heather goes what what do you think this is pointing to like a fruit skewer and Lisa's like, um, a tomato. And Heather's like, on a fruit, fruit skewer? Oh, I don't know. Tomato's a fruit. Is it a Tomcat? I think it's a tomato. And Heather's like, would you put a tomato on a fruit skewer? And then for the next 30 minutes, that is exactly it's just this conversation over and over again about tomato. No, wouldn't it be great? Of like, where do you Whitney's like, I don't know why you would put a tomato on a fruit skewer. We should ask Meredith. And Meredith's like, err. Is a rich girl? I don't know. Anyways, Lisa's like, no, but it looks pretty. God, it looks pretty. It's like that. Now I'm being. Now I'm thinking about that. That uh, the the algae shitting things off in the ocean to make it look pretty. Heather's like, or a shish kebab with meat. Now Monica comes out of the table and Monica's like, hey, I'm just going to go check on Meredith real quick. And Lisa's like, why don't you just come out here and chill? Let her sleep. And Monica's like, she's upset. And Lisa's like, can you fix it? And Monica's like, well, that's what I'm trying to do. So I'll be back. Monica walks inside the house and Lisa goes, that's nice of her. (laughs) And when she says it, like she just doesn't care. You just know she's just like, that's great. Not my plan. We go down to the pool with Whitney and Angie K. And Angie's like, look at this. Here we are. No kids, no husbands. Oh my God, where's my husband? No, Angie's like, have you had a chance to talk to Lisa? And Whitney's like, no. Do you want to go look at the poop water? And Angie's like, yeah, I'd love to. And back to Heather and Lisa. Heather's like, how are you and Whitney? And Lisa's like, I left Meredith's event upset. And Heather goes, you guys haven't talked? No, I'm like, I'm not talking right now. I just don't think my nervous system would be able to handle that of going on a trip with somebody, knowing that we weren't talking. I, I mean, ugh, talk about like pooping out things in the water. I just, I would be so nervous. It would just eat me alive to the fact that I wonder if producers like, cause if I, if I was Whitney, I would just pull her aside. of like, let's, I just need to fix this. Uh, I can lay out and get a nice tan, please. Uh, Whitney goes. I do not want to put you in the middle, Angie. So don't answer if you're not comfortable. But has Lisa said anything to you? And Angie goes, well, um, she just told me that she left Meredith this event. She was very upset about it. Well, I sent her a text and she never responded to me. And Angie's like, she obviously had some feelings about it. Whitney in a confessional goes, it took me years to break through to Lisa. I feel like me being that positive person in her life was the pivotal moment and she became this better version of herself and we get a flashback to two weeks ago when lisa and whitney did a polar plunge for the special olympics together i had to rewind that because i was like wait what what happened like i was almost like oh yeah that scene at the special olympics where they did a polar plunge and then i was like wait a sec, no we didn't see that scene so they they go to a small clip of this scene of 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 Whitney and Lisa just jumping, jumping in the freezing water. And I sometimes wonder how this this is another production thing that I always wonder about. We should be keeping questions for when I have producers on. Is do... like does Whitney suggest it like I see that there's a special Olympics polar plunge do you think that would make a good scene or do you think production goes to them and it's like hey listen we got a polar plunge coming up who wants to do it like who does that and then do they film a whole scene and then it just gets whittled down to a flashback where they just jump into freezing cold water and how mad would you be if you spend a whole day filming with Lisa Barlow and then you have to freeze your tits off in like a polar plunge and then they just show you do that and that's it I would be livid but whitney in a confessional continues but right now i am not happy where things are at with lisa it feels like all of this is out the door and heather's like back to heather heather's like whitney said she's been helping you lisa like not make it all about you and that she's like really proud of you for like not reacting strongly to things you know and lisa lisa's like wait what are you talking about and this is when i was like heather's another one heather presents as insecure, the funny one, blah, blah, blah. But this is shady as fuck, you guys. This is what I've been talking. I, t- I think I mentioned this last week as well. Heather knows what she's doing. Because Whitney legitimately said this to Heather. And Heather clocked this as, oh my God, I know Lisa will be livid. That Whitney thinks this and is talking about this, about saying that you are a positive influence. Because if we want, if we know one thing about Lisa is that she is a self-made woman. She can bring home the bacon. She can fry it up in a pan. She does it all. And for anybody to horn in on any of Lisa's accomplishments, even though I know exactly what Whitney was saying, I know Heather knows that that would make Lisa mad. So for her to bring it up casually, I think is insanely shady. Um, and Heather's like, well, how you're changing the way you are. And Lisa's like, wait, what? What are you talking about? Heather's like, she said she was proud of you. For what? Well, she basically said, you'd be shocked if you knew the hard way, the hard talk as I've had with Lisa and how well she's doing and how proud I am of her. And Lisa just looks flustered. She's like, what kind of hard conversations? No, no. And Whitney's like, like she's helping you be intuitive. And oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Heather says- like she's helping you be intuitive and healing and coaching you on how to not react to things and help. You know, how be friends with me, Heather says. And Lisa's like, when did she have this conversation with you? Well, like three days ago. You're kidding me. And Heather's like, well, you're becoming a better person because of your friendship. You don't feel like that? Heather knows exactly what she's doing. Like she keeps needling this. And Lisa's like, no. And then in the confessional, Lisa's full Lisa Barlow. She's like, give a girl a crystal. And next thing you know, she thinks she's the Dalai Lama. And now she's thinking like hanging out with her makes me a better person. You're not the Messiah, Whitney. Maybe you should go back to church and find out who Jesus actually really is. Tin roof rusted. Um, But like, that's damn, dude. And those talking heads, like people will cut a bitch, man. You like the Garcelle talking head from last week with Dorit stealing things of like, I was surprised those burglars didn't even, you know, I was surprised uh, Dorit got robbed and she still had her jewelry. Oh, like those are dark sentiments. Lisa in this conversation goes I'm literally not having Tony Robbins kind of conversations with Whitney so that's shocking to me and Heather's like okay well I'm sorry I just well that's just shocking Heather how do I enjoy our friendship 100% but I've never looked at it as like oh my gosh I feel like I'm a better person with Whitney Rose you know who makes me feel like a better person with Whitney Rose God and my husband and my kids like that's it like outside of that trifecta unless jesus christ like comes walking across the water no one's having influence on me and you guys i shit you not and i hate to the big spoiler alert if you haven't actually seen this episode right when lisa says that we get a shot of the ocean and there he is jesus christ coming out of the water fully walking on it just like all the stories he's turning water into wine everybody's wigging out and everybody's like oh my god we need to call mary cosby she's gonna freak out but like he just walks up and then he's like what's up what's up babes he's like what's up toots and he didn't even really, cause he doesn't even really know what reality shows are. And they're like, Oh my God, you created us. And we're like, he's like, yeah, I created you, but I didn't, you know, I gave you free will and I didn't, you know, I didn't know you guys were going to do this reality show thing, but it just turns into a madcap adventure with Jesus at this point. Now we have not got Jesus's uh, reunion look, but I hear he is wearing something long and flowing. Uh, it's, it's very nice. I know somebody from project runway, I think the winner is doing his little outfit, uh, but this was just a magical stuff. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like geez, a very special episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. <laughs> Lisa, Lisa Barlow meets Jesus. And then Jesus is like, yo, what are you, a second generation Mormon? And Heather's like, I know, right? And then Jesus is like, Pipe down. I didn't like your book. Um, anyways, we go back. In, this is the real stuff now, not the made-up stuff I just made up. We go back inside to Monica knocking on Mary's door, and Mary's like, Come in. She's fully just, like, "Oh my god!" Oh. And Monica's like, "Hey, hi, honey. Sorry, it's just me. I just wanted to get some food, just to eat with you, so you're not alone." Oh, thank you, thank you very much. And Mary's just stares, just so weak, just so innocent, just staring, just so, so out of it. And Monica's like, "How are you? Are you feeling any better at all? Warmer?" And Mary's like, "Um." I'm not as cold for sure. Okay, good. Cause I turned it up to like 80 and Mary goes, I won't say I'm warm, but I'm, I'm not shivering. That's the good news. I mean, I swear to God, I had this exact conversation with my grandma like fifteen years ago when like she stayed with me in LA and I was like worried about her. Oh my god, there was one time I took my grandma to like coaching horses, this bar. It's now called horses, like a fancy restaurant. It used to be called coach coaching horses, which is like a dive bar with a great jukebox. And I remember me and my buddy Pat would go there all the time, and my grandma came into town and we took her there, and she was having a blast, and we were kind of using my grandma as a wingwoman, and she was doing great. We'd be like, Oh, tell her we're a nice boy, you know, tell these girls we're a nice boy and uh, and then I just remember we got to a point where I realized oh my god, my grandma's drunk. Like my grand, like I'd never seen my grandma, like you know, I've seen her drink a glass of wine or something, and I realized like we did a shot with my grandma. And then I just remember taking her home, like going, like, oh God, we gotta get home now. And then like I put her in front of the TV and like we were watching friends, and she was like, This is amazing. Very much like Meredith in the scene. I just was so I was and then this was before like texting was a big thing. I remember like, do I call my dad, like and go, like, hey, I got your mom drunk. What do I do? Like it was really terrifying. And this this the same feeling that's emanating from Meredith Marks for me. Um, Monica goes, how are you feeling about the whole room situation? Are you okay? Now this to me is another producer thing of, we need somebody to go into Meredith's room, ask her about the room situation to get her going about the bathtub. And Meredith goes, my feelings were hurt by the way it was handled. You know, you'll all see. I'm not feeling well at all. I'm walking around Bermuda in a blanket. Monica's like, I know that was wild. And, And then I'm hearing, well, just let's make sure Meredith gets a bathtub. We flash back to Whitney saying in the van, she just really needs a bathtub. (laughs) I love that even it's fully spoken out loud, yet nobody will give that bathtub to Meredith. And Meredith is like, and then somehow I don't have a bathtub. And Molly's like, yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous, but it's the best type of housewives ridiculous. Like if I can be assured that Meredith is okay, this is just like a 24 hour bug. I can fully enjoy this bit uh, that I think is very real. But I love that we're in a world where if you don't get a bathtub, that is a sign of um, you know, social class, and if you're respected by your friends or not, like it really means something in this in this scenario. Like in a real world, and also let's just get into it, man. Like, and I know a lot of uh, female listeners. Why do you guys like baths so much? I've had a couple. I'm neither here nor there. The water's fun at first, but then it gets cold, and then you truly are laying in. Um, your own skin. You're like, I mean, I know in your body, but your skin's coming off. I mean, it's just a lot of stuff floating around. It's like a person soup. It's not. It just and and some of you guys, you swear by it. It's like with the bubbles and this. You know, we're lighting candles. It's a whole production. And for what? For what? I I just, I wish, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see it. I don't know. I I, want to see it. It's like Travis Scott music. Like I want to be able to hear it. I want to see why people like it, but I just, my ears don't accept it. I don't know why I don't like baths. Anyways, Meredith continues in a confessional, we're on vacation, and if one of the other women were sick and needed to get into a bed and also loved their bathtub, I would have made sure that they had somewhere comfortable to go. But you can't give me a decent room with a bathtub when you know I feel like I'm dying right now? Give Meredith a bath. It's like, let Donna Martin graduate. Give her a bath for the love of God. I mean, also I think at this point Meredith could have just been wheeled to another room or maybe lay in the sink. She's a tiny woman. Meredith says in the scene, it shows the level of respect, Monica, that I have from this women in this group, which at this point looks like zero. And also I would be like, Yes, it does. Maybe look into that. Monica's like, Well, anyways, do you want these blinds open? I like Monica's like, Well, I'm gonna go take a bath. Do you want these blinds open? I'm gonna go get I'm gonna let you get some rest, bud. And Meredith's like, Maybe let's close it, if you don't mind. The Ballad of Meredith Marks. She's going to Bermuda Sun's Bath. Dealing with life without a warm bath that you lay in. The shower's not gonna work. Cause the only thing that hurts is made of skin when it's not inside a warm, bubbly bath. You don't call your husband Seth because you know he's in the home bath and he's not going to understand the pain you're going through. Give me a bath. Monica leaves Meredith's room and heads back into the balcony and Heather to Monica. Heather's like, what's going on? Well, she's upset. She's not napping. Well, she's napping now. You rocked her to sleep? No, I just gave her water. Did you swaddle her? And Monica's like, actually, I did. Womp womp. They all laugh. Monica's like, Meredith did say the room situations just made her realize and remember how selfish everyone in the group is I like that it's positioned as Meredith forgot an ancient secret and suddenly it jogged her memory of like oh my god every I remember now everybody's selfish as hell in this group and Lisa goes I'm not selfish <laughs> Monica goes well she's visibly not feeling well and all she wanted was a room with a bathtub Monica saying this also realizing she has the key to all of these ladies have the key to make Meredith fucking feel better and nobody is like they're all plain chicken like who's gonna give the bath bathtub first and Lisa goes she'll be fine this trip without it and Heather goes yeah, she can bathe in Whitney's bathtub and they all laugh. I mean, these really aren't friends. You know what I'm saying? Monica in a confessional goes, Meredith feels like complete crap. I love her. I care. I'm worried. I'm concerned, but not enough to give up my room because Monica's like, listen, I, you know, Monica probably, you know, doesn't have a bathtub at all. She probably has to get one of those kiddie pools and like have the kids spray warm water over her. So she doesn't get access to a bathtub probably a lot. So I understand that from Monica's, you know, standpoint, but also I think Barlow could give up hers because you know, Barlow, I feel like, you know, I feel like baths aren't her thing. I feel like she's like, let's go, go, go. You know? Heather in a conf and by the way, also, she she eats so much fast food, that's gotta like just go through those pores into the bath. Heather in a confessional goes, I don't take baths. So I feel a little bit guilty, guilty, but that's what I consider my dirty clothes hamper. That's where I put all my dirty clothes amazing and lisa's like i understand that meredith has an obsession with bathtubs but like i have an obsession with views and i have one and i'm not giving it up i mean because she does need that view because that she will see jesus come out of the water at some point heather goes your birthday's trips off to a big great start what is it like to be back monica and monica's like i mean I'm more connected to Portugal, but it is cool being here where like my grandma was born and my great grandpa, my great grandmother, like they built the houses and businesses here. And I still have family here. And Lisa's like, is this through your dad's side? And Monica's like, no, this is my mom's side. And Lisa's like, Oh, your mom's side is Bermuda. Portugal is. And Monica's like my mom, my dad's Colombian. And Heather goes, Heather's like, Bermuda has a big Portuguese community. And Lisa's like, Okay, got it. Now, when Lisa says, okay, got it. Do you think she's filed that like with like, okay, that's an important memory. I got to file away. Or does Lisa that just goes in one ear out the other of like, okay, I'll never remember that good diet Coke. We go back to the pool where Whitney and Angie K are talking and Whitney's like, do you care if I just put my feet in the sand, Angie K?" And Angie's like, no, get down there, girl. And Whitney jumps down from the pool deck onto the beach. And Whitney's like, I'm going to go catch a fish. A poop fish, are you coming? And she's like, I'm coming. And Angie K jumps down, follows Whitney to the water, and Whitney's like, Come on, Angie K, come on. And Angie's like, Woo! And he runs into the water, falls down. They both start laughing. We're on vacation. You know, when you're on vacation, it's like one of those first days and you've unpacked, and then you just do something stupid. You're like laughing. You're like, I'm on vacation. I love they, Kate. You know, you're just happy. You're like, I'm not in my normal life. <laughs> Heather from the balcony's like, girl, shark, get out. You can't see it. Heather is the epitome of a dad joke. Uh, Angie Kay and Whitney just wave and ignore Heather. And new scene, we see a montage of the ladies unpacking, getting ready for dinner. But then we cut to Meredith, this laying in bed and getting a text from the producer that says, how are you doing? And she responds in the text. She's like, I'm really not good. They're really not good now we go to monica's room where she's facetiming her daughter brie and monica's like brie i have to show you this you're gonna freak out and shows her the view from the balcony and brie is that is that right outside your hotel and also we see you know you really have to look but if you zoom in in this when they they do the shot of the balcony you can see vovo in camouflage she looks kind of like a camouflage like an army man like but also like a ninja and she's just spying on that. <laughs> Monica's mom's just spying in the background of every scene, just ready of like, Oh my God, if Meredith dies, can I hop in there? Can I tag her out? Like, I'll just jump right in. Monica says, this is on my balcony brief from my bedroom. This place free. You would freak out. I could cry. It's stunning. And Brie's like, That's awesome, mom. I'm going to just go make ramen for everybody. Monica in a confessional goes, all of my memories here are uh, of a time when my family were genuinely the most happy together. And even though my mom and I are not on good terms right now, I am grateful that she is helping me reconnect and organize meeting up with my family. And uh, then she tells Brie, "I love you so much. I'll talk to you later." Monica gets off the phone, and then we hear intense music like, and we see a medic go into Meredith's room. Meredith has entered her Vicky Gunvalson era, where I just—I mean, like, how? I mean, I don't take a lot of vacations, and. Does this happen a lot? I mean, like, it just seems with Housewives, there's always some sort of medic scene, something happens, and I just feel like, what are the odds? Like, I don't think it's fake at all, but like, what, I mean, if, you know, that's like a big story of like, you know, and also I would feel like, you know, vacations wouldn't be nearly as popular if there's always going to be a medic there, like there is on every Housewives vacation. So the medic enters and I just feel like, oh my gosh, she's like, she does. She's like, she's dying. And medic's like, how are you feeling? She's like, not great. (laughs) Meredith's going, bathtub, need bathtub. You know, the paramedic's like, you fucking sting, get her a bathtub. She needs the bathtub now. Get this lady a bathtub stat. And uh, the medic's like, well, I'm just going to do your blood pressure really fast. And then I am going to give you an IV. And Mary's like, okay, I tell my family. I love them. Uh, he checks her BP. She looks despondent and medics like, okay, so, you know, your blood pressure actually really good. And Mary's like, okay. And then it's like, but you are dehydrated. So I'm going to give you that IV. Okay. Now we see a montage of the lake, by the way, the medic comes in, and the other ladies aren't like, holy shit, there's a medic here? We got like, what is going on? Like th- this would freak me out and I would immediately be in the room and I would be immediate. like I feel like Meredith should be given four bathtubs at this point. But no, we get to a montage of like, do 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 boop, boop boop getting glam boop boop. boop. Angie K is getting that we Angie K facetimes her husband who is in like an alleyway of some sort. We really can't make it. No, he's uh he shows uh, she shows him the view from his room. Lisa's also getting glam and facetimes uh uh uh. Lisa's also getting glam and facetimes her husband. And then Heather uh literally got the sickest view. She you know it's really. Amazing. And also Lisa is just saying like, Oh my God, Heather got us the sickest house. It's so good. John Meredith. We see gets her IV. And then we cut to a bartender setting up on the beach right in front of the house. All of this booze. And Heather's like, okay, the rum tasting is about to begin. Lisa goes, come on, kids. Heather goes, here we go. Just like my house, I leave clothes all around because clothes are just thrown about. Angie Kay, Monica, Lisa, and Heather head down to the beach, right? Heather in a confessional goes, this girl's trip is not just pure fun, there's an educational element. I want them. What if there truly was like, we're doing a science project. No, she goes, I want them to learn the history and the culture. And I want Monica to be able to reconnect with her heritage. And since Bermuda is famous for its rum, our first cultural experience will be drinking. Lisa to the bartender goes, hello. I heard the rum calling me. I swear to God, this would have been like, also I'm just like so proud slash horrified that Lisa didn't go. Oh my God, we need Vita tequila. And uh, Monica's like, where's Whitney? And Heather's like, oh, we're waiting on Whitney. She's on her way down. But Meredith is not coming. And Lisa's like, "Okay, like nobody cares. Andrew goes, "Okay, we have a couple of cocktail options. I understand you guys have already tried the Dark and Stormy, which is our national drink choice in Bermuda. Lisa's like, yeah, love it. So good. And Andrew's like, that obviously is made with black seal rum and the ginger beer. And we also have another new rum that we created to celebrate Flora Duffy. Flora Duffy was an Olympic gold medalist in 2021 couldn't you imagine that like the you know like you're like a pro athlete at the top of your game and then like we're like okay well to honor you we're gonna make moonshine <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna fuck people up heather goes well i want to try the bermudian the bermudian olympian athlete and monica's like yeah let's try the Flora gold and andrew goes you want to try the golden girl absolutely and lisa's like that works for me and heather goes whitney's coming she's taking a long time getting ready and so they make five drinks. Monica in a confessional goes, "I just recently started drinking in my 30s and I never had a sip of alcohol or anything until I was excommunicated from the church and then I was like, fuck it." I mean, that is a wild sentiment. Also, I am one of those believers that it's it's never too late to start something new, right? Like really, I you know, I I'm sad that you didn't get to experience it beforehand, but we're just happy that you're here now, Monica. Honestly, don't hang out with Kyle Richards now, though. Uh, but Monica, <laughs> Monica I mean, that's a wild, I mean, Monica's life. I mean, I do want a little bit of a docu-series on Monica. There's so many little pieces of information that get thrown out that I'm like, I really can't wait for a second season because I want to delve deeper into all of this. Like, I want like, you know, does does your mom have footage of you like in your 20s, just like a perfect Mormon girl? Like, I want to see old Monica. And I want to see the relationship with Jen Shaw. I don't want Jen Shaw on the show, but I want to know how that all started. And like, it's just wild. Anyways, Monica's like, oh my God, this is so good. And Whitney is coming down. Whitney is wearing that bright orange dress and her side tattoo is just kicking out the side. And Lisa's like, it's a moment. Whitney runs and joins the group. The bartender explains the Olympic gold medalist drink. And Lisa goes, she's excelled in everything, especially in betterments. So she throws that out because Whitney told her that, (laughs) Whitney told, heather that she is helping better lisa so lisa's now throwing shade even though whitney doesn't know that heather said this so it's classic Housewives, and when he's like oh badass that's badass and lisa's like yeah her best self and when he's like where's meredith and heather's like Mer- meredith's hooked up to an iv and we need a flashback to heather going into meredith's room 30 minutes earlier seeing meredith hooked up to the iv i feel like it's a full like beep Beep. We need the paddles. We need the bathtub paddles. And Heather's like, wait, what is happening? Is she okay? And, uh, they're like, yeah, she was just dehydrated. And then Heather goes, okay, well, anyways, I know you can rally. Come on. I'll see you tonight. Like really not concerned. Like there's an actual medic there. And he's like, Hey, let's get that rally going. Chug a beer. Um, um, so Lisa in the confession was like, "Now we know why Meredith was so good at churning butter. she really knows how to milk things, and that of course was the when she jacked off that that um that you know the 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 butter thing, you know the six minute butter thing where Meredith was doing it the best, but I was like, How dare you, Lisa throw that out It's like, no, she's not good at milking things. she's good at jacking people off." <laughs> sorry <laughs> listen i'm still a little boy it's like i you know i'm that little boy didn't have a lot of friends you know and i would just have like that one friend and you would just like swap dirty jokes the entire recess i'm still in that frame of mind in my life we now go back to another shot of meredith she's getting fucking glam in her bed it's like a mortician working with a dead body he's like oh, okay a little blush will make you look alive she still looked up to the iv and meredith goes i i don't really know what's going on other than somehow I'm the only one who cares about a bathtub and I have, I have a room with no bathtub above and beyond that. I don't really know what happened Her, you know, her voice is so hoarse and it just, it's just interesting, but I love that she's clinging to the bathtub. Like the bathtub is the cure all. It's like, Calgon, take me away. Now the ladies are getting on the sprinter van to head to dinner and Meredith emerges like the angel of death everybody not expecting their, her to rally, but she comes out just like uh, all in black with a white top, and like a black jacket. And they all kind of cheers like, oh yeah, she rallied. And Heather's like, how are you feeling? And Mary's like, I'm okay. I'm okay. You know? Um, well, uh, I have a little question for everyone in the car, you know, just a little question. And Lisa's like, oh jeez!" And there's a long pause where I was like, oh my God, it's Meredith nodding off. Then Meredith finally goes, who here has your room? With a bathtub in it. <laughs> and everyone raises their hand to say yes. Even the fucking driver's like, I got one. And Meredith continues, like, You all saw that I was white as a ghost, covered in blankets, in the middle of an island, very ill. And I said, I'd like to warm up. Lisa, you can already tell, is annoyed. She kind of like turns around. She's like, Oh God, I'd like to take a bath. And somehow, I got shoved in one without a bathtub. And I just fear that it might have been nice, knowing as sick as I was, that you might have, that you numb nuts might have thought, oh, you know, let's give her a room with a bathtub. And Lisa's like, so who's supposed to give up their room with a bathtub? And there's just cricket. There's actual cricket noises. Like cricket, cricket. And Mary's like, um, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm not picking on anybody individually. I'm picking on you as a group, you know. It's as a group and as a whole, I don't feel respect. And this just exemplifies it. Heather in a confessional is like, I don't know if Meredith checked the itinerary for this trip, but there's absolutely no time for a leisurely soak in the bathtub. But, Heather, I mean, that is kind of the point, too, is that you just give her give her one. But it's a good storyline. Like, it's funny to watch Meredith do this. But at the same point, just give her a bathtub. Like, come on. Free Willy. And uh, flashback to two hours ago, we see Whitney soaking in the bathtub right after Heather said there was no time for luxuriating. We cut to Whitney like, rubber ducky, you're the one. You make bath time lots of fun. Rubber ducky, on. So in love with you. Meredith continues, if any one of you were sick, I would make sure. And if the thing you needed were a bath, I would make sure that you had that in your room. Now, if the thing you needed was a closet, at least like you didn't specify that you needed a bath. You like bathtubs. You didn't specify you needed a bath. And Meredith's like, I should... I would like to take a bath, and I was shivering and freezing. Yes, I did. I love. <laughs> it's like, it's like a game of like, okay, uh, two words. Okay, rhymes with smack. Like, I love that <laughs> Meredith was like, I did say I would like one, but I also what I also did on top of that was I exhibited things of people wanting to take bath So I was I, I was showing you shivering and freezing. That should lead you to think. Bath. Heather in a confessional was like less than an hour ago, Meredith was on death's door, and now she's pouncing on us like she drank from the fountain of youth. I want to know what was in her IV and how I can get some of that. This is another one of those kind of written talking heads, but I also like the thought of there is nothing more healing than anger towards a friend group. And I think that's what I've, of like I will feed on the blood of the enemies that said I could not ever a random. My Meredith is now kind of fully turning into like an older Billy Madison. Uh, Angie K goes, well, I just thought you were under the weather and you weren't feeling well. But Meredith, you are also making snarky comments about her laying on her back, pointing at Heather and spreading her legs. You're talking about that was disrespectful. And Meredith goes. That was you that said that. And Angie's like, no, you said that on the tour of the house. We get a flashback of the house tour. and The house manager tells the ladies that this room has a his and hers toilet. And Angie K to Heather goes, just in case you bring someone home, this should be your room. And Lisa's like, Heather needs this. And Meredith goes, well, I didn't know Heather. Do you lie on your back and spread your legs for everybody? By the way, Heather probably, Heather's just going to go fuck in that big bathtub. Um, so now we're back in this scene, and Mary's like, "Well, yes, yes, I did." And Angie's like, "Why?" And Mary's like, "Well, I was repeating because you said, oh, Heather, you should have this room with the two bathrooms, the two, the, 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 the two fucking shitters,' and you know, intimating that she's bringing men home." Which, by the way, let's not slut shame. Also, let's like bring men home. Like, shout out to fucking Luanne with the pirate. Let's bring men home on these adventures as long as it's safe. Um, you know, you're bringing men home. And I, I threw it back to you, Angie K, with your own words and said, why do you think she lies on her back and spreads her leg? I love when Meredith gets lawyerly. Like she get, she snaps too. She did it last week in that scene with Lisa Barlow at the 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 restaurant. Remember that? She gets all of a sudden like, "I'm a lawyer, and you will pay me for my time." Uh, we see a shot of Andrew, the driver, just, you know, regretting life. And Angie k's like, what's wrong with her wanting to bring men back to her room? And Mary's like, cause that's what you said to me, Angie. Flashback to two months earlier at Lisa's crepe party. And Angie k's like, run away, Meredith. And Mary's like, I don't speak to people who treat me with disrespect. And Angie k's like, the only one who spreads their legs outside of their marriage is you. And Mary's like, not me, honey, not me. And Meredith Uh, In this scene goes, and that's demeaning. And Angie goes, and you said some nasty things too and threatened my family. So I responded to you. And Meredith's like, I did not threaten your family. I love Meredith just clinging to these kind of definitions of what threats are. And she's like, just, it's in this gray area where Meredith's like, no, it's still not a threat. It might scare you, but it's not a threat. Angie Kaye in a confession was like, It's clear that Meredith has no remorse because here she is going backwards. I know a heartfelt apology when I receive one and that is not a heartfelt apology. And we get a flashback now to Heather's book party. She wrote a book and Meredith goes, I'm not threatening your family. And Angie K goes, you said it. And Meredith goes, okay, Angie, I'm very sorry that made you feel badly and hurt your feelings and upset you. So let's move on. And Meredith in this scene goes, Go look up the definition of a threat. I also wish, you know, a producer did keep a Merriam's Webster's dictionary of like, well, bring in the, hey, bring in the dictionary. Uh, Meredith's asking for a dictionary. Run it in. Angie K goes, Meredith, it was a threat. And Meredith goes, no, it was not. She goes high pitched on that. She goes, no, it was not. A threat is a statement with intent to cause harm. I love that Meredith knows the textbook definition. Angie K goes, you're saying that you could ruin my family. You said you could ruin my family and that causes harm and you can't ruin my family. And Meredith goes, did I say that I could ever ruin your family? No, I, I didn't say that. I don't. Did anybody hear me say that? I don't know. I, I didn't say that. No. And Angie's like, you don't have the power to ruin my family. And then Meredith, now her ego's in play. Meredith goes, oh, honey, I could ruin anything I want. Just listen to my podcast. <laughs> no, Angie K goes, Oh really? And Mary goes, and you are naive. I love that. We're talking about threats. And then Meredith literally puts out a threat. I could ruin anything I want. And Angie K goes, Angie K goes, well, I could ruin it too. I could ruin it too. And Meredith goes, yes, you can. And anyone in here could ruin anybody they want. And Angie K goes, really? Meredith's other move I've noticed is that when she's doing these kind of mild, like veiled threats, she'll throw it out to the group of like, everybody could, um, everybody could do this. Every one of us, not just me, uh, every one of us. Anyways, Monica in a confessional goes, let me tell you something. If these two women don't stop talking about this, I'm about to threaten both of their families. And then we'll really have something to talk about. I'm about to sue Beauty Lab and Laser. No, Meredith goes, Angie uh, K, go read a dictionary. Get a vocab lesson, honey. And Angie K is like, it was threatening. It was low and dirty. And Meredith goes, don't talk to me about low and dirty. You are the lowest and the dirtiest. And Angie K is like, well, I think you're the lowest and the dirtiest and the classless, Meredith. And Meredith goes, oh, <laughs> okay, okay. Meredith in the confessional goes, it, 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 and she's in that kind of you know, like uh, wine-colored, red leather, kind of Britney Spears, you know, outfit. She's like, it gets you a point when you're just getting accused of something over and over and over again. You may as well do it. Is that a threat? And she looks directly at the camera. Ooh, Angie Kay's like, well, I'm happy to try and move forward with you. I love that he's always in with, well, you've really actually made another veiled threat, but I'm happy to move forward. Uh, let's just call it bygones be bygones. I've tried to be cordial every time I think you are. You and I are moving forward. Then something flips and I'm like, okay, what do I need to do now? And Meredith goes, maybe you should put your finger up your butt. No, she goes, maybe you should sit down with me one-on-one, Angie. And Angie's like, well, I'd love to do that. And Meredith goes, well, that would be fine. That would be fine. Contact my lawyer. Oh, I am one. Yeah, see me. No, she literally goes, that would be fine. Now the ladies arrive at this restaurant and they get out of the van and Lisa's like, that was an impossible situation. And Heather's like, impossible. And Lisa's like, impossible. And when he goes, oh, wow, it's right underwater. This is beautiful. Oh my God, it's beautiful. And the ladies sit down at the table, beautiful ocean view. And Lisa's like, ladies, can we order? I'm so hungry. Some bread, a Diet Coke to start. (laughs) What does this remind me of? Like like Sweeney Todd a diet coke to start some bread a nice appetizer to warm my tummies a soup a salad no she's like a diet coke to start I love it She's like talking about appetizers and she includes diet Coke as one of them. I'm like, Ooh, the muscles look good. Oh, have you checked out this diet Coke in the appetizers? That looks nice. Heather goes, yeah, let's get some food, some drinks, some fun. Now we see that Meredith and Angie K are sitting right across from each other. And for the table, they order like a cauliflower dish, calamari. They, dr- they order drunken mussels and a white wine, which is also what they call Meredith Marks, two avocado rolls and escargot. And Angie Co- Angie's like, is everything good, guys? <laughs> like we've moved on. And Mary's like, I was trying to express my feelings and saying I was hurt. And if I don't tell you guys, you can't be cognizant of it. And Lisa's like, well, I'm sorry you were hurt. It makes me feel bad. Well, thank you, Lisa Barlow. And Heather's like, well, I'm sorry you were hurt too. Well, that's all I was looking for. Thank you. That's all I was looking for. And a fucking bathtub. Um, and also this is where you should insert like a Kim, like there are people dying, Kim, and we're fighting over bathtubs. And Lisa's like, you're welcome, Meredith. And he's like, okay. And when he's like, in the spirit of just saying your feelings are hurt and you wanted someone to acknowledge, like, um, Lisa, the other day when I told you that you hurt my feelings and I'm like, oh no, we're back to this no, we're doing it again. And Lisa's like, no, you didn't tell me. There was a lot of things said. And I left Meredith's event. You stayed. And I went home upset. And when he's like, I needed you as my friend. And Lisa's like, to do what? Lisa's eating her appetizer of a diet Coke right now. And when he's like, to just love me and support me for losing someone who I love deeply and lisa's like i was on eggshells is what was happening i was on eggshells with you lisa in a confessional goes grieving is hard and everybody does it differently and if she really needs me in a specific way all she has to do is say it whitney in this scene goes all i'm saying is you hurt my feelings 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 she goes f i instead of epi you hurt my feelings And Lisa's like, okay. And Winnie's like, and then I followed up with text messages. So Winnie after this fight was like, Lisa, what's going on? And Lisa just ignored it. Lisa goes, I'm sorry your feelings are hurt. Lisa in a confessional goes, to me, it feels like she's looking for somebody to like, to me, it feels like she's looking for somebody to like take her grief out on instead of like grieve with her. And then Winnie's like, so anyway, I avoided you. I got away from you. And Lisa's like, you treated me shitty at Meredith's event. I left Meredith's event crying. Sorry, I did the Lisa. Sorry. So anyways, no, I did that, right? So anyway, I avoided you. Got away from you. You treated me shitty at Meredith's event. I left Meredith's event crying. when he's like, I was trying to tell you, you're making this about yourself. And he's like, you stayed there till one in the morning. I don't want to say it. Well, let's talk about that too. I guess you had a conversation with Heather where I'm self-absorbed and you're helping me be a better person. And now it's like shots of everybody, tight shots, like dong, 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 oh, oh, oh. And when he's like, What the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? And Lisa's like, How are you helping me better be a better person, Whitney? And when he's like, What are you talking about? And Heather's like, "Well, you said that you have really hard conversations with Lisa and you're proud of her." And Lisa's like, "And you're helping me be a better person. Well, what was wrong with me before?" And when he's like, "I am proud of Lisa." And Heather's like, "I know, that's what I told her." And Lisa's like, "But why do I have to be a better person? Why can't you accept me the way that I am?" And when he's like, "Why are you meddling in my friendship with Lisa, Heather?" And Heather's like, "I'm not. How is that meddling for me to say that you've had hard conversations with her?" She, by the way, Totally. Totally slimy. It's a slimy move. When he's like, that is meddling. And Lisa's like, listen, this is what happened. And when he goes, I love Lisa. I'm, I'm proud of her. And Lisa's like, I love you too. And Heather goes, how is that meddling? And when he goes, she's spinning this because what she'll be doing is attacking. And Heather's like, I'm not spinning this. I wrote a book. No, she goes, that's what you said word for word that Lisa doesn't understand how self absorbed she is. And when he's like, you're trying to make it so that she'll be mad at me right now. And Heather goes, I can't make her be mad. You think I have uh, any control over her at all in any way, shape, or form? And Whitney goes, bottom line, Lisa, I was hurt because I needed you. And Lisa's like, I felt like I was on eggshells with you, not just from that day, but being at your house a week prior. I left your house because I was frustrated, not because I was angry, not because I was hurt. Remember the house thing where she was like cussing up a storm. She's like fucking bullshit. Mother of fuck. God, God. And like, when he's like, I have children here, please stop. You're it's not a Dave Chappelle special, please. I can't have you do this right now. And, um, I felt like you were chastising me, but what you did to me at her event was so fucking bullshit. There's that potty mouth again when he goes, what did I do to you? And he's like, you're walking away after making an accusation about me and her rubbing that in your face. And when he's like, I just said you need to be more self-aware and read the room. (laughs) I just... I just said that you need to get a fucking clue in your fucking thick head. Read the room, dipshit. This is like self-aware. I was fucking dancing on... I was doing the running man on eggshells around you. And when he's like, for the first time ever, I... Man, Whitney sometimes... And that light voice will fool you, but she'll sometimes get that get that little jab in there. It's like a good little one-two. It's light though. At least it's like, no, not forever, Whitney. I dance around you all the time. I like, literally, am so sensitive with your feelings. Tiny dancer, hold me closer, Lisa. Dancer, dancing all around Whitney Rose. And when he's like, when. Lisa's like, in life, in general, I'm a fucking bulldog. I like fucking can take everybody out. And I temper myself and I quiet myself. I change the way I am around certain people because not everybody can handle it. That's it. And when he's like, do you do that because you love me or because you don't think I can handle it? This is getting really deep. Lisa's like, because I love you. I love you, baby, Please listen, I have gone to blows with Heather over you and I don't want to do that anymore. When he goes, and I've gone to blows with you over Heather and Heather over you. (laughs) I love, okay, who's blowing who here? And Lisa's like, and the thing is, I don't want anyone speaking for me. Like, listen, we talk through our church issues and like, I see her perspective and I think she gets mine. And Whitney's like, okay, but you both put me in the middle of that. You have to realize that. And Heather's like, no, you put yourself in the middle of that when he's like, oh, how to the fucking no. And Meredith to Angie K, <laughs> Meredith and Angie K have a moment here where they're like, cheers. Like they're like, like we didn't just have an argument in the Sprinter van. And Meredith goes, Angie, at least it's not one of us. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Angie's like, hey, maybe we could cheers to that. Cheers this is such a fucking weird group and such an amazing season. Oh my God. When he's like, this is between you and I, every time I sit down with you and Heather, she'd be like, she would be so triggered that I would support you in your journey of the church but not hers. And Heather's like, because it doesn't make sense. Don't narrate me. You don't know shit about me. Lisa doesn't have a journey. She's Mormon 2.0. And for you to even sit there and say that, I love that Heather, it's like, she's a fake Mormon. She's Mormon 2.0, but I'm going to say it in a way that kind of makes Lisa feel good about herself. And when he's like, when he goes, Heather, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Everyone's stunned. Needle scratch. Even the choral music like, They just look around at each other in the moment like, "Did Whitney, like Heather, shut the fuck up. And Heather's like, oh, you want me to shut the fuck up? And when he's like, shut the fuck up, yeah. She says it calmly. He's like, yeah, shut the fuck up. And Heather's like, are you for real? Okay, you just said shut the fuck up to me? And when he's like, because I needed you to shut the fuck up. I I was like, yeah, Whitney. And Heather's like, well, then you can say it in a respectful fucking way. I'm pissed. Like, what's a respectful fucking way? Like, please doth shut the fuck up, please. And when he's like, okay, good. And Heather's like, good. Don't you ever say shut the fuck up to me for something that has nothing to do with anything we're fighting about. And when he's like, okay, um, Lisa, I was hurt that you didn't respond to me. (laughs) If you're, if you're watching this on YouTube that you see, I've just done a costume change for tonight. So we left off in this amazing Whitney, Heather, Lisa debacle at the table. And, uh, you know, Heather's like, good. Don't you ever say shut the fuck up to me for something that has nothing to do with anything we're fighting about. And when he's like, okay. Lisa, I was hurt that you didn't respond to me, honestly. I feel like last year, I'm used to you being the one that comforts me, you know? And Heather laughs at this and just kind of rolls her eyes. Like, Heather has such an issue with Whitney. I would really think, at least on the show, it comes off like Heather looks down on Whitney nonstop. Heather in a confessional goes, Whitney's version of their friendship is called delusion. It's amazing. You should try it. I mean, Lisa Barlow is a lot of amazing things, but mother, comforter, and nurturer, she is not. They're there now, Whitney. All will be well. And Lisa's like, I did try to console you. And Whitney's like, at that point, I was not receptive. Moving forward, please just don't ignore me. Even if you want to say fuck off, tell me to fuck off in a text. And Heather's like, yeah, just say shut the fuck up right in her face. And when he's like, yeah, Whitney holds up her glass to cheers Heather. And Heather's like, I'm not cheersing you, Whit. And it's like. Why? Because I said, shut the fuck up. And Heather's like, no, because you've sat here like some sort of weird devotee to the Lisa cult, which, by the way, I'm a member of the Lisa cult. I like it. It's kind of like Nixiam. Totally dig it. She's got me on a good diet. Uh, Heather's like, when did you guys become dearest, closest friends? That the first person you wanted to hug you after your best friend died was Lisa? When did that happen? (laughs) And He's like, Mary Cosby wasn't available. No, she goes, you guys have no idea what Lisa and I's friendship is about. Heather goes, well, tell us, explain it. And when he goes, if we were to tell you, you'd all be triggered and try to ruin it. But now I'm kind of like, wait, what is it all about? Like, what is? wait, what's going on? Like, you guys wouldn't understand our love. It's kind of like Morgan Wade and Kyle Richards. Um, Lisa's like, oh, no. <laughs> and Heather goes, that's what I'm fucking talking about. And Monica's like, yeah, that comment. And Heather goes, that is so fucking low. And Meredith goes, I am not trying to ruin any friendships Whitney in a confessional goes this is none of Heather's business in this conversation it feels like she's doing it to activate Lisa to make things worse and then Heather in this scene goes I am not do I have any interest in your friendship with Whitney at all Heather in a confessional goes sweet dear cousin I am not trying to ruin your friendship with Lisa you will do that very well on your own with little to no help from me possibly at this dinner now in the scene, Whitney goes, Lisa, do you and I talk every day? And Lisa's like, we talk a lot. And Whitney goes, you guys are so jealous. And Angie K goes, you two are friends and you two are friends. And Whitney's like, you guys are so jealous of that fact that Lisa and I are friends. That's it. And Lisa's like, I swear. And Heather goes, you better defend me right now. This is crazy. And Lisa's like, I am. She does not care that we're great friends. And Whitney's like, don't call me crazy. And Heather and Lisa say at the same time, this is crazy and heather goes your best friend said it so i guess it's true whitney and when he's like you're just mad i'm not crawling up your ass and heather goes fuck you you said shut the fuck up to me and when he's like yeah because i can and heather goes why don't we all just fucking leave i'm over it thunderclaps in the distance monica's like is it raining guys we've literally brought the bad weather so bad weather heather and whitney Bad weather, and now we've got actual bad weather after this fight. And Heather goes, "I just want to go home." And Monica's like, "I'm ready to go home." And Heather goes, "Come on, guys! I mean, all of these ladies do want to go home because they have nice, huge bathtubs in their room." The ladies all stand up, start walking to the van, and Monica's like, "That was lovely. I had a great time." And Whitney goes, "Yeah, what a lovely dinner, right?" And Angie's like, "Yeah, that did not go well." We go to commercial. We come back. Ladies are in the van. Whitney is passed out, asleep. I mean, just passed out. I don't know, man. I can't take naps like that. I do get jealous of people that can take naps in car. I mean, just everybody looks like they're getting sleep at all these different places. I'm so jealous of that kind of stuff. And uh, they arrived back at the house and Whitney was like, I was like dead asleep, like dreaming. Was my mouth open? And Mary goes, yeah, we made a cute little video of you. And when he's like, are you serious? <laughs> Flashback to 10 minutes earlier and they took a video trying to put Mentos in her mouth. And I don't know if they were like kind of like Mentos like a dick or something or if it was just, let us I don't know. It I was like it could go either way. Anyways, Heather's like, I'm going to bed. And Monica's like, good night, Heather. And Mary's like, uh, Monica? A glass of wine, perhaps? So Meredith has kind of rallied to the point where she is wanting a glass of wine now. And Monica's like, yeah, uh, Lisa, your macaroni and cheese looks so good. Because I guess Lisa brought home leftovers. And Lisa's like, if you want to finish it, you can. And Monica's like, you're done? And Lisa's like, yeah, I'm done. Love you guys night, night, which this is so interesting comparing it to the San Diego trip from last year with Jen Shaw, where Heather woke up with the black eye. It was insanity to now where Heather's going to bed early and we're finishing leftovers. So Whitney goes, oh, Meredith, there's a whole nother fish and chips with tartar sauce. And Meredith goes, oh, I'm good. Thank you, Whitney. And when he's like, I'm stealing the tartar. Like, what is that Like, you can have the fish and chips, but I'm going to take the tartar sauce to bed with me. I like, sometimes I wake up and I have a hankering for a tartar sauce in the middle of the night. Anyways, Monica goes, Heather's going to beat your ass. And Whitney's like, she could act like she could beat my ass, but she couldn't. And Monica's like, you think you could take her? I love, I love this. You think you could take her? And Whitney is completely confident. She's like, I am trained. I am a third degree black belt and I'm trained in Muay Thai. I love this kind of confidence. It's like, the quiet confidence of like, I could fucking end her with two moves and a a fucking hit to the windpipe. And she says it so just nonchalantly, like it's just nothing. And I'm like, damn Whitney. So uh, Whitney, the quiet confidence of somebody that knows how to end somebody uh, with karate. Whitney is the new karate kid, potentially. I truly, truly do love this for Whitney. So she's just calmly kind of like just getting the tartar sauce. And Monica's like, You think you could take her? Wow. And Whitney's kind of just shaking her head. And uh Monica's like, Well, who would you put your money on? Heather or Whitney? And Angie's like, Well, um, I think Heather. Don't be mad, Whitney. And Whitney calmly goes, You guys clearly don't know me. And Angie's like, Oh, wow. No, sorry. Monica's like, Whitney's offended. And Whitney's like, No, I'm not offended. I'm not sure who would win, but I'm trained in jujitsu and Muay Thai. I'd kick her ass. And Monica goes, you're trained in jujitsu. Yeah. I could break her elbow in two seconds. (laughs) And then Angie's like, well, in that case, I'm changing my vote." Hey guys, good night. I'll see you at your birthday party. And now Angie is off to dinner and now it's just Meredith and, and Monica. And, uh, Meredith goes, you know what? I'll keep you company. And Monica's like, you do not have to keep me company. I'm just about done. Um, and uh, she asks Meredith, well, what did you eat today? And Meredith's like, um, I didn't have much of an appetite today. And Monica's like, well, I'm proud of you for saying and telling everybody how you felt today, Meredith. Sometimes it's a little frustrating because, uh, and she's like, well, I said- I love to take a bath. And B, everybody knows how I feel about a bath. All I needed was someone to say, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, Meredith. And I'm sorry. That's it. That's it. And she, she, in a talking head, Meredith goes, over the last few months, I feel like I've gotten to know Monica better she's been very supportive of me she's been very kind to me and we get flashbacks of all these moments between meredith and my you know just two weeks earlier they're smiling at Meredith's store she's showing her around the shop you know in sundance and monica goes you know quite frankly uh, no, she's. Uh, Meredith goes, quite frankly, since we've gotten here, Monica's really been the only one here for me. I mean, at this point, if it weren't for Monica, I would already be on a plane home. I love that Monica's been there for her, but she has not done the one thing that she wants, which is just a fucking bathtub. And Meredith goes, it's all very fifth grade. And Monica's like, yeah. And Angie can't stop with it. She just can't. And Monica's like, I know. And Meredith goes, I was upset. She poked and poked and poked. She got a reaction. And now she's mad that I reached. Reacted and is not taking accountability or apologize for her behavior. It's gaslighting. It's manipulation 101, Monica. And Monica's like, Yeah, 101. Pooh shit. Poo shit. That's what it is. Poo shit. I remember what you said earlier. You've been through this shit before. And Meredith goes, oh, deja vu, you know, deja vu. That's what it is. You know, you know, I've seen this shit before. And like Monica's like, that's what it was. That's what it is. Poo shit. You know, what's so crazy is, do you remember how we talked, Meredith, about that page that messaged us on Instagram and Meredith shakes her head? I think there's shady shit going on, Meredith. And Meredith's just staring at her like, hmm. And, And then in a talking head, Monica says, a few weeks ago, Meredith and I met for lunch and we see flashbacks of this. Uh, you know, so <laughs> she's like, they're having this nice kind of conversation. They're walking around the streets of Salt Lake. And she says, we were hanging out in Park City on Main Street, uh, which Meredith told me used to be run by the, get this, you guys, the Greek mafia, dun, dun, dun. And then when I heard Greek, I was like, where have I heard that before? And I was like, it's not been on Salt Lake City. Where Then I was like, no, it is Salt like This is a fun fact. I don't know if you guys are waking up to this. Angie Kaye. It, it, she's Greek. So that was like, oh, Greek mafia, Angie. Okay, So Meredith told me, used to be run by Greek mafia, which then led to a discussion about Angie. And we see flashbacks of Angie doing dollar bills at the Greek Easter and how she could possibly be in the Greek mafia. And we see flashbacks of Lisa's like, I love that there's stacks of cash everywhere at Angie's house. And then Monica says, shortly after that, I get a phone call from Meredith <laughs> telling me that she has received DMs from this random Instagram Instagram account about Angie and asked me to check if I also received the DMs. And lo and behold, there were messages. And we get one of the messages. This is a message from this Instagram account. Angie K is a total fraud. She's not even close to the level of wealth she represents. In fact, one could say she's broke. One could, In fact, one could say, that's interesting verbiage. She has a current tax lien against her and her husband has declared bankruptcy. I've attached the bankruptcy filing and her tax lien... With, uh, 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 something all public record, but we've known about them forever. Another couple on reality TV misrepresenting themselves. LOL. Shocking. I know just shocking. I know. And in fact, one could say are interesting little turns of phrase, if you will. So they show this DM. I love that. Instagram is a part of these things. Um, but, uh, it says how shady they were with their business and everything. I got so many more messages from them about her shit from this Instagram account. And Meredith, even though she's the one that brought it up, is just kind of staring at Angie like, um, uh, 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 sorry, uh, at Monica. She's just staring at Monica. And Meredith's like, well, what was it saying? And Monica's like, well, it's saying that it had all the documents of like, of her and Sean's like finances and bankruptcy. It was weird. And Meredith just kind of stares, doesn't say anything, just picks up her glass of wine. She goes, did you get that message to Meredith? And Meredith dr- drinks her wine and just shakes her head and goes, I don't think so, but I don't know. I'm really, really far behind on my DMs. I haven't even looked at them, you know? Yeah. And she's staring with these like red eyes. And Monica's like, yeah, it was like legal filings and numbers, Meredith. And Meredith goes, well, I don't know anything about that. I don't. And Monica just shakes her head and, and Meredith's like, hmm? And Monica's like, well, that's so weird. It's just so weird. And she goes, I don't know if Meredith is severely jet-lagged and exhausted and dehydrated. But I'm very confused why she's acting like she could not less l- care less about these DMs. When Meredith was the one that called me to tell me about the DMs in the first place. And Meredith goes, Karma comes back at you. This is not about me. And I goes, yeah. It just, it comes back to bite you. It always does. You do bad things, it comes back to bite you. And Monica's just shaking her head. And Meredith picks up the glass of wine again. Next time on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And they're like, happy birthday, Monica. Oh my God. And it's like Bermuda, Bahama. They're on the jet skis. Everybody's like, "Wee!" And Wendy's like, yeah. And Heather's like stalled out. Um, And then we see Angie... Um, talking to Lisa about something about Meredith. She believes that Angie's in the Greek mafia, she tells Lisa. And then we hear Angie Kay's like, Google my family. There is not shit on the Katsunavia side. You're talking to the wrong person. And Meredith goes, well, Whoever I'm saying, Derek, you know, I'm not even saying. And Lisa's like, you're sending her the fucking DMs about Angie, Meredith. You've done it to me and it's not I am not done it to you. You're done. You're just done. Tin roof rusted. Folks, we did it. A whole nother episode of So Bad, It's Good. A Salt Lake City recap. Thank you to Laura Beth Hart for these amazing notes. And wish me luck at this Jeff Lewis party. I'll let you know all about it on Friday for the Beverly Hills recap. Have a great Thursday, you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Allie Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com and follow the show at So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to patreon.com forward slash So Bad It's Good. Stay bad, baddies. batches